0: This Wellness Couch podcast is brought to you by The Wellness Breakthrough. Three days and two nights with nine of your favourites from The Wellness Couch all gathering together in Melbourne for one incredible event. We can't wait to see you there. Go to www.thewellnesscouch.com for details.
1: Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
2: You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Whitten and Leah Follett. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Join us as we share our family's journeys to good health. You'll find plenty of inspiration, tips and recipe ideas as well as stories from everyday people who've struggled and overcome health problems and diet challenges in their own families. I'm Jo Witten, author of the blog and book Quirky Cooking and I'm here with my friend and co-host Leah Follett. Hi. Hi Leah. And we have a special guest today. (gasps) We do. We do. And it's been worth the wait I'm sure. Oh, Definitely. Um, my friend Talisha from Little Mashies is here to share her story and Hi girls. Hi! We're very excited because Talisha has a very interesting story. The first time I'll just have to quickly tell you how I met Talisha. So Talisha contacted me through my blog and we were chatting about her product, which is the little reusable squeezy pouches for kids, and she started to tell me her story of how she came up with this product and how she developed it and why. And her story was so fascinating. I was just like, oh, you have to be interviewed on a show. You ha-, And I didn't have a podcast or anything back then. So I ended up writing out her story basically and putting it on my blog. But it's so much more interesting when you hear it from her own mouth. So I'm really excited <laughs> to share it today. It's no, it's true. <laughs> You're going to be flabbergasted, Leah. Anyway. Oh, I will.
1: And I've been ignoring ignoring people. People have been trying to tell me, oh, she was on this podcast and this and that and, and I've avoided Facebook. And I'm just like, no, no, it's like a man with the football score at, at um, yes. you know, the end of the season. It's like, no, I don't want to hear it. The game's recorded. But, don't tell yeah. me. No, don't tell me. So, how, yeah,
0: funny I am... to be, how funny to be famous for my terrible tummy. <laughs> oh, see,
2: bad things sometimes turn up into good things because you're helping a lot of people because of what you've been through so what we wanted to talk to Talisha about was because she's had so many issues with her diet and as we've been talking about in our other podcasts it all comes back to gut health it really does and Talisha will tell you that herself and what she's been through and how she's worked on her gut health and her overall health and so um, we'd love to just get started really and hear your story Talisha.
0: Sure. Well, it, it's a bit hard to work out where my story starts, but since we is. only have a limited amount of time.
2: <laughs> oh, no, we can go over. Yeah, we can go over. It'll be we interesting. Can, we can do, you
1: know, like a to be continued. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and make everyone wait another week. How? No, none. I hate that. So do okay. I. <laughs>
0: well, I guess I think my story starts when I was in primary school and I remember waiting for the bus and. Just before the bus would come every single day, I would need to go to the toilet. Aww. I'd say, "Dad, Dad, quick! I'm I need to do a number two, quick! I have to run to the toilet." And we'd run down, and I'd miss the bus pretty Aww. pretty much every every couple of days. And then fast forward into high school, where and everyone's eating junk food for lunch. And I noticed when I had chocolate, then I'd have these horrifically smelling in in the classroom and it was very embarrassing so that was when I first realized okay certain things don't agree with my stomach were
1: you the stinky
2: girl
0: I I never admitted it
1: you blamed it on someone else
2: the boys just blame it on the boys
1: (laughs) yeah boys always smell
2: that's right
0: yeah, it, it was always it was always the boys, and I mean, I sat at the front of the classroom. I was a bit of a nerd, so there was always a breeze coming through the door. But anyway, <laughs> so oh, strategies. I
1: love that you've got strategies.
0: <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I guess that's when I first started to realize certain foods, particularly chocolate, wreaked havoc on my gut. And then when I left school and went to university. I decided to do something about it because I started dating boys and having a social life and going to uni and I was embarrassed. And, I, you know, I'd get these bloated tummy just, you know, looking kind of like I was pregnant when I wasn't. I was, you know, size 8. Mm. And so I just decided to do something about it. And at the time my dad had researched the elimination diet with the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Sydney and I lived just around the corner. So I went and saw them and started to do the elimination diet. And basically I remember from that time just living off, you know, lots of rice and potato and beans and leeks and Brussels sprouts and plain chicken and no flavorings. Um, I I remember using citric acid mixed with with water or sugar or something to make my vodkas have taste. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to remember I was in uni, so I was was doing everything I could to get my gut better so that I could go out and have a social life. (laughs) So then that actually calmed things down while I did that. But then after a few years of you know, living the Sydney high life, I was modelling and endless parties and travelling the world and all sorts of fun, adventurous things. But I certainly wasn't looking after my gut Mm. from, you know, the age of 22 to 26. It was quite the opposite. So then I started to get really sick and I noticed, you know, I was always having to rush to the bathroom without any warning at all. My tummy always seemed to be sore and and that's when I decided to actually move home back to my parents' house and go to hospitals and do tests and sort of find out what was wrong and... It was a couple of years later that I worked out that I had ulcerative colitis was the diagnosis that they gave me at that time. It's since changed quite a few times, (laughs) Um, as as medical doctors seem to do. But then the next port of call I had was to research everything and see what I could do apart from drugs. I was taking all the medication they were giving me, but my stomach and intestines were still really bad you know, bleeding, rushing Mm. to the toilet, just, just terrible. And so I took all the medication they gave me, but I wanted to do something extra. So that's when I looked into the specific carbohydrate diet, which is very, very similar to GAPS, although it lacks in the healing protocols, but it certainly is pretty much the same in terms of like the food restrictions. So it, Reduces the inflammation and reduces all the irritants, but it didn't have the healing aspect that GAPS has. Mm-hmm.
1: So, does uh, it, did it have broth? And
0: I haven't, I yeah. haven't
1: had a client or had to go down the path. Yeah,
0: it's got, it's FCD. got broth, but it's not as full on. Like it doesn't okay. have the enemas and it's not really doesn't really have the fermented foods. But you're not allowed to eat carbohydrates and and starches, starches, like starches and things. Mm, so. Yeah. It has a lot of similarities, but it's not exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so I did that for quite a while and I actually made myself better and well enough to travel around Europe with my new boyfriend for six weeks, which was fantastic. And I did the specific carbohydrate diet all through my travels, which is you know, is basically the same as gaps. So it is possible to do. How about
2: that? Six weeks in Europe on the S C D diet. That's pretty good, huh, Leah?
0: Yeah. I'm just stressing. This is just like, oh, no. But you didn't have
1: to do it with children. And yes. So
0: I, di- I didn't have children and I had a boyfriend who only liked to eat at really amazing restaurants. So actually oh. everywhere we
1: went, um, See, I've everything. got to get one of those.
0: Yeah. I'm telling Mark.
1: So you can tell Mark. I don't care. See, just travel and eating. Oh, I could do, I could
0: do that. You can, but you have to go to really, really fancy restaurants or actually – the quite opposite, it just has to be places where they cook food from scratch. Yeah, okay. So you can you can get cheap meals, you know, on the side of the road where people cook things from scratch in Asia. But in, in Europe, most, like we went to France and Spain and Greece and things and, and they just do it naturally. That's the way they cook. Mm. So they didn't even bat an eyelid when I said no preservatives, no colours, no flavourings, no sauces out of, jars no packets no carbohydrates there they just said oh no problem we we can cook you meat and veg and they always right you're (laughs)
1: officially my travel advisor yeah i reckon (laughs) it was was
0: amazing it was really really good
2: you know i'm off to uk in may i'm gonna need some advice here
0: (laughs) well at well london i did london and scotland and they were probably the more more difficult than yes that's
2: what i've heard but Um, you know what i found the other day a restaurant in london that caters for gaps and scd and paleo oh my gosh see when i'm serious i'm serious i can't remember the name of it but i'll find it again i've got it somewhere written down yep
0: that's pretty cool they need
2: to franchise that and get it here
1: or maybe (laughs) we've got the paleo cafe but yeah
2: it's like a fancy one
0: Mm. maybe they do frozen Mm. and then you can yeah take Take
2: it with me in suitcase (laughs)
0: ship them to every place that you stay
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or just do what you're saying and eat basic foods,
0: which is what I generally do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'll be people there with a the little thermo mix that you can whip some That's somewhere. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's it's of fresh farmers' markets, so it is quite easy to get fresh food oh, okay.
2: there. okay. Well, in UK?
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. There's, there's really nice farmers' markets. They always have beautiful flowers too, I've Aww. noticed. Not that you can not, eat flowers, but not, well, you not can but some. You can, you
2: can eat some. some, yes. You could always... Sell your last loaf of bread and buy
0: a hyacinth to feed your soul, as the saying yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry.
2: Continue on with your story, so, Talisha.
0: <laughs> anyway, so at this time, my health was quite good. But then I returned to Australia, and I, I was just starting to feel stressed. I think the relationship with my partner was stressing me out a bit. And then my car blew up while I was on the freeway, the engine. I, I, That's stressful. It, it was a bit of an old bomb and i it was my own fault. I didn't check the oil and water after being away for, you know, six weeks. And, yeah, <laughs> so it, it blew up. And then I got really, really, really sick, like uncontrollably sick. And all the good work that I had done was basically undone by how stressed I was about not having a car.
2: Now, how interesting is that, Leah? Oh,
0: I'm...
1: Yeah. So I'm hearing, you know, similar things, there's parallels, but it's it's yeah. like that one thing that's just too much in the bucket. The tipping and it doesn't point. matter whether yeah. it's, you know, food or chemicals or exercise or whatever it is, that one thing that tips the load
2: and mm. you're all
0: undone. Yeah, and for me I learnt that food is a massive part of it for me, but stress is really my trigger.
2: And I think that's the same with me. I find that it- like the adrenals and all that kind of stuff. The stress mm. can really send you down the wrong. You think you're doing really well with diet, but it's all the other things too.
0: Yeah, and because I'm a kind of a go-getter person, I just mm. sort of push and push and push and push. Mm, me too. And, then, <laughs> and my dad always says my life is sort of like I'm one of those circus acts juggling plates. Yeah. You know how they have the long stick.
2: <laughs> hey, we have a lot in common, us three. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely. I'm feeling that. Even more so now that I've got a child and a business yeah. and my health, it's very much a plate juggle. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I, I guess when my car blew up, my my disease took an absolute dive and that's when I started getting quite a bit sicker. But then I learnt a bit to manage it with stress and go, I went back to basic eating and then I fell pregnant with Ariella Ooh. and i got better which is crazy isn't it yeah but that's what
2: happens happens. did you tell me that that often happens with you know with your sort of yeah
0: with autoimmune diseases they say that it can either get heaps better or heaps worse when you get oh and by this stage they changed my diagnosis then to crohn's okay (laughs) so which is you know my immune system attacking my intestines basically saying that my intestines don't belong in my body oh. and Crohn's can happen anywhere in the body, whereas ulcerative colitis is just limited to the large intestine and it's uh, they're different layers. So Crohn's is os- um, often quite deeper in the tissue, whereas mm-hmm. ulcerative colitis is like more of a surface blisters and, you know, that cuts mm-hmm. and things in your intestines. It's not very pretty. But, yeah, my diagnosis had got worse, and then I got pregnant and got magically better, and it was the happiest time of my life. Mm. Um, Awesome health, you know, happy that Ariella was coming into the world. And then after I had her, my health took a complete dive. And, you know, I thought all the other dives were bad, Mm. (laughs) and it couldn't get worse than that, but it got a lot worse, and I ended up basically living in and out of hospital, and I was a single mum, so uh, Ariella's, my pregnancy with Ariella was a complete surprise, and, yeah, I would, so I was all by myself, and I ended up in hospital, and the doctors were coming in every day saying, you know, Talisha, you're not going to get back to your daughter because my, my family and friends were looking after my daughter when I was in hospital, they said you're not going to get back unless you get your whole large intestines removed. It's the only way. Oh, um, won't cry. Oh, um, I'm scared. It was horrible. And like when I was in hospital, I was so skinny. I mean, I'm I'm a slim person anyway, but I looked like I belonged on a runway. That's how skinny I was. <laughs> I had all my hair falling out, and my skin was turning grey, and you know, I could hardly walk. Um, Mm. I was, I I couldn't make it from my bed to the bathroom, which was three metres. Ariella, when I was at home, I was playing with her on my bed and she was only a tiny, tiny baby, so it was fine. Um, But I wasn't doing the walks and things like that that you do when you're a new mum because I I couldn't actually walk around. So... Mm. I had my amazing mother's group friends who I'd just met. They did a roster and they dropped off food and they took Ariella to, for walks and the beach and they helped me. Um, but then I, I ended up in hospital. So the surgeons are coming in with my specialist who was amazing, but they were coming in every day saying, you know, you really need to get the surgery. You've tried all of the drugs in the past. You've, you've done everything you can. There's nothing we can do for you. Your inflammation is so high. You're bleeding, cup loads of blood every day. Ugh. You have no control. You've got a daughter sitting at home and, and, you know, no husband to look after her. You you have to have the surgery. It's the best option for you. And I guess from my perspective, I was sitting in the hospital room and I was I had quite a shallow early 20s. I would, I guess, if I'm being honest, I would say I was doing lots of modeling and traveling the world. And, you know, the things that were important to me then are completely different to now. But at at that time in my life, I thought that if I did have the surgery and didn't have my intestines anymore, I didn't think that I would ever meet someone. I thought I'd be alone forever and I didn't have the self confidence in myself. Hmm. to think that that was an option that I could actually do. So it was very psychological at that point of time, but it spurred me into getting my computer into the hospital and researching what else I could do. Um, it's
2: such a difficult thing. though. I mean, when you're young, that is what you would think of, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and Yeah, and it was. And just because of, you know, because of the life I'd had with modeling where every job is judged on how you look
2: yeah
0: it's no wonder that I didn't value mm. any, you know anything else higher but I mean I, luckily I did think like that because I found things that work yeah that's right so, well, there is a light at the end of that's the right. it worked out <laughs> yeah it did work out um and I, I was actually listening to something today where they said you know with success, you, you don't actually grow as much as right. with your failures and things. Yeah, so yeah, I like to think of that time as, okay, well, I needed to grow as a person and I went through that yes. so that I could grow.
1: Yep, But what anyway. a lesson that you had to learn, like, mm. wow. I know it could be
0: a little bit hard, but that is incredibly hard.
2: Yeah. I, it will... And on your own too, that's the hardest thing mm. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was hard, but, you know, I, I had all these niggling things with my health since I was little, and I ignored it. Yeah. Every single time, I could have gone and healed my gut, but I kept plodding along, I kept thinking that my social life was more important, or, yeah. you know... And I, all can't,
2: I can't not drink because then I won't be able to drink with my friends or Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And it's mm. not even just you know, in my twenties when I was doing my uni degrees, it wasn't just about drinking, it was the eating out and and parties and yeah. and, you know, diet. I couldn't afford to do that. What
1: kind of uni were you gonna yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the
0: party uni. <laughs> I
1: was stealing food out of my parents' fridge every time their back was turned. <laughs>
2: I was. Well, they didn't
1: even live at home. I had a spare key, and I'd sneak in there. I'd wait for them to go to work.
0: I was my begging parents parents my parents for money. Kilometers away, so oh. they weren't much used to me. But no, but no, but I, I was still. Um, I guess because of the circles I was in, I guess that's the, you know, the life that I led. But, yeah. hey, my sis, my little sister doesn't live in the modelling world and she goes out every weekend and she's at uni. Okay. So Didn't know. she
1: learn by your lessons? Yeah. No. She obviously didn't pay attention. Uh,
0: she'll have to go through her own lessons, but hopefully that's she won't enough. have so much um, issues as me. Oh, let's hope not. But anyway, back to hospital. Yes. So I was in yep. hospital and I had my laptop with me. I made the girls at the reception of the, you know, the nurse's station get me a whole pad of fluorescent post-it notes and, Mm -hmm. and a big marker. And I started Googling intestines and inflammation and heal your gut and Crohn's and colitis and I found hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories, web pages, advice things and just mentions of all alternative therapies which Had had some success, Hmm. so I started writing them on post-it notes and covering my wall a bit like a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) I probably was a bit crazy at this time, you know. I I was having nutrient-starved, yes, Yes, definitely, yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I had a whole, you know, a one meter by one meter space full of post-it notes of all these different things, and then my doctor and the surgeon would come in. I'd say, look. Look at all these things. Surely one of these can help me. Um, and, and they'd kind of roll their eyes and be like, "Oh my god, we're we're dealing with a nutter." Oh, that's um, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then, but then I kind of just didn't, you know, didn't stop saying no to the surgery, and and they'd keep coming in every day, and they'd just get more and more frustrated with me. And I said, "Look, I, I've got to try these things. You know." I, it might take a couple of months of still being as sick as I am to try these things, but at least I'll try and at least if I have to have the surgery, I'll be at peace with myself enough to know that I did everything in my power and that was really the last resort, which mm. is what the doctors were telling me it was. Now, one of the things that I had on my little post-it notes was faecal transplants <laughs> and I looked at those earlier, I I think in about 2008 I went to the faecal transplant clinic in Sydney in, in five Dock, um, the center of digestive diseases and I met with the amazing doctor there called Professor Barodi and it was just not and to be honest the thought of faecal transplants scared the hell out of me um if you remember, in two thousand and eight, that was before I got really, really sick and before I had Ariella, so I was still in my shallow modelling mm-hmm. headspace. <laughs> Whereas when I revisited it, the research when I was in hospital, I, it was after I had Ariella. I realised that family and love and friendship is way more valuable and important than anything else in the world. So mm, I, I was guess. in a lot different a headspace to look at the information. And so I asked my specialist, you know, if I could do that and, and she sort of said she'd look into it for me and they discharged me and said, look, just keep the ambulance on speed dial because we're not sure how long you're going to last at home in this condition. Your bowels could perforate at any stage, you're bleeding too much, it's really not safe for you to continue being like this and refusing surgery but we can't keep you in the hospital bed any longer I mean you've been here for weeks and you're refusing treatment so someone else needs the bed if you're you're just going to keep refusing Mm. so I went home and and I started a few different things on my post-it notes I transferred them with a whiteboard marker onto the, the tiles of my bathroom so that every time I was sitting on the bathroom, in, uh, sitting in the toilet on, in pain, I could look at them, all the list of things that I could possibly do oh. and be inspired to do them. So a few of the things I did was one of the mums in the mothers group came and gave me acupuncture every single day. You've got to tell us about her. She was amazing. She is incredible. So her name's Christina Freeman and she's got a clinic in Bondi Junction called, called Bondi. and she was incredible. I'd only met her a couple of times before I got sick. We, we didn't really know each other very well at all. And when one of the mums had come to my house and seen how sick I was, she sent a group email to everyone saying, hey, guys, Talisha's really sick. We need to put together a roster to help her with Ariella. And Christina actually wrote back and said, look, I'm really busy with work I, I and, you know, I've got all of these other commitments and things. I'm not in a position to cook and clean and take Ariella for walks. However, I can come and give her a treatment. So she came and gave me a treatment and when she saw me, she said, I'm not leaving you until... You're better. She said, I I will make you better, but I'm not leaving you until you're Mm -hmm. better. I'm going to continue to treat you. For free. For free, yeah. (laughs) She's incredible. I I promised her I'll buy her a house one day. (laughs) And I will. Yes. But, yeah, she came every day. And it wasn't just the acupuncture that helped me. It was her words, you know, her Mm. support and her counselling and she told me you know just let me treat you till Christmas and Christmas was six weeks away and she came every day and she said if you haven't seen any change at all since Christmas then yep you can get the surgery that's fine but I want you just to hold on till Christmas and do all the other things that you're doing and I'll do the acupuncture and you know we'll just let's just get to Christmas and I think that was the key it was a Mm. tiny small goal it was A goal that I had that wasn't forever, it wasn't too far away Mm. and Christmas came and I had slightly improved. I was still disgustingly sick but, you know, my fevers had gone from being every second day to every, you know, two or three days and instead of lasting 18 hours, they were lasting 12 hours. The fevers were caused from all the inflammation in my gut and, and the bleeding and just mm. the general unwellness. Um, so, for me, I saw a little bit of a change, and that was enough for me to spur on to keep going. And, you know, I forgot, I actually forgot to tell you the bit in the hospital how. I made my dad bring my slow cooker. Oh, and
2: yes. <laughs> yes, tell him that bit.
0: Cause, yeah, because I just realised I'm like at this stage I wasn't really eating. So when I was in hospital, they're trying to get me to eat and they're saying, you know, you really need to pack on the kilos, you're, you're scarily skinny, have a Mars bar, yeah. you know, have oh. some chips, just make sure you pack in the calories. And, you know, they gave me that liquid hospital food, which Riff. is has all the red food colouring and it's, I don't remember the brand, but it's horrendous. And one of the things on my post-it notes was I was looking into elemental shakes, which is basically food that's already been broken down to its chemical state Mm-hmm. so that it hits your stomach and absorbs into your bloodstream within 15 minutes so it mm. doesn't really have much residue go through your intestines mm-hmm. yeah um, they're pre-digested aren't they yeah yeah and we have versions of them here in the hospitals and things but they've all got all these other artificial chemicals and me being the organic person that I (laughs) that I was becoming I wanted all organic all natural no no red colorings because I and no sugars and things because I just couldn't see how that could help me Mm, clever Um, girl yeah So I I started researching what the raw ingredients were and like how could I get them and the, yeah. and then, so I made my dad bring a blender in and buy the raw ingredients for me and I started making them and they were absolutely disgusting they were terrible <laughs> I, ser- I certainly wasn't um, onto a winning recipe but, um, but so so then I started making bone broths and soups and purees and and just storing them in the Ziploc bags and having them in my fridge it's you know. amazing and that's where little Mashies was born because i you know i got the idea for the food patch from seeing ariella mm. um and then with my ziploc bags and my purees i thought hey this is much better i'm gonna create a you know version of this like this and then i can carry it around and my daughter can eat the same puree as me and oh, so <laughs> doesn't have to eat the store-bought junk <laughs> oh, cute so, so then <laughs> Time Christmas came, I was still eating purees and Ariella was eating purees because she'd just started solids. So, purees, broths, and lots of coconut water as well. Mm-hmm. And that was trying to, you know, rehydrate me and co- coconut to be anti inflammatory. And it was giving, replenishing my electrolytes, which I was losing so fast. Mm. So, yeah, by the time Christmas came around, I had seen a slight improvement and so then she said well do you want to continue or do you want to get the surgery and I said no I've I've seen a little bit of an improvement so you know if you're happy to keep treating me I'm happy to do all the things that I'm doing so I'll continue with my broths and my purees and you know I was doing castor oil heat packs on my tummy and Mm. what else was I doing I was taking coenzyme Q10 Mm -hmm. and antioxidants and zinc tablets and all these other you know natural remedies which I'd researched I was taking them every day you know about 20 tablets a day yeah but um but yeah because I'd seen a little bit of an improvement then I decided to keep going with it and by sort of mid-year I was working on little mashes from my bed and you know i'd got my friend who was a graphic designer and she'd come sit with me and i I still couldn't really leave leave my bed so so this is six months later down the track yeah well like i as soon as i had the idea in hospital i i started actioning on it straight Mm. away because i wanted to give myself a distraction from being so sick And so I started researching packaging and, and, you know, how I could actually manufacture it and make it happen. And then my girlfriend came and did the designs with me and Mm. um, sort of did the legwork that I couldn't do. And she actually helped me sell all my clothes at the markets to fund it as well. <laughs> like her, she was so good. She, be, <laughs> You
2: should explain what kind of clothes they were. <laughs> yes.
0: well, because I'd done modelling, I had all of these designer label clothes because often people would pay me in clothes instead of money. Maybe I wasn't good enough for money. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, but I just had bucket loads of clothes. I think it... The biggest time, I had six wardrobes worth of clothes. So Whoa. my girl, my girlfriend Zoe, she'd help me and we'd go in the car together to the markets and, and I'd sort of sit there looking pathetic, sitting on a chair and we'd get the market store closest to the bathroom and Zoe would sort of stand on her chair and she'd stand there going, Chanel jacket, $10. Get your Chanel jacket for 10 <laughs> And I'd be sitting there freaking out, but then she'd go, "Talisha, do you want to live your dream or do you want a Chanel jacket that you can wear while you're in bed? (laughs) Love it. I love those friends. So, like, I was like, you know, by the time I got back from the bathroom, which I was there all day, um, all my stuff would be gone and I'd have a wad full of money, which then I'd, you know, sort of pay the different designers and people that I needed to pay to Get my little mashies prototype done.
2: <laughs> I just love it. I mean, who who is sick in hospital and starts a business? Who does that?
0: I, <laughs> you know, like the hospital bit and the bed bit. I was really just doing the research because you know, before you start anything, you need yeah, to do yep. lots and lots of research. So, yep. and it took me months to negotiate with the factory to give me like a, um, you know, like lower the quantity that I had to buy. Mm. Um, Because they were saying, you know, that I needed to manufacture millions (laughs) and and I obviously couldn't do that. So I had to really build a relationship with them and all that's via email. So, you know, that was fine. So, yes, (laughs) (laughs) at this point I got a little bit better and my doctor, I can't remember how many months this was now, but at some point my doctor rings me and says, okay, I've been talking to Professor Barodi, and we're going to let you do the faecal transplants. We're going to teach you how to do it at home because you can't afford it. (laughs) (laughs) And you've got to understand, I was annoying the hell out of both of these people. Like my specialist and the faecal transplant office just wanted to get me off their backs. All
1: right, all right. I wish you guys could just see my face because I'm just sitting here listening, listening, and then my mouth just fell wide open. They let you do it at home?
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: See how she can get what she wants if she pushes enough oh
0: my <laughs> gosh and I mean look to be honest no who would want to do this at home like if <laughs> you don't know what it is it is taking someone else's feces and inserting it into your body via an enema right like,
1: and that they, they would have to have some really good candidates some really good donors
0: <laughs> who would be desperate enough to do that at home and I'm telling you at that point in time I was desperate enough like I could barely leave the house when I did I would have accidents all the time Uh, I would you know I would try and do the market stalls and I'd be sitting in the toilet you know six out of the seven hours of the market so I really had no life I you know my friends had from my previous years had all but disappeared because they were from the social scene mm. and I wasn't sociable at all I was just sitting at home with my baby reading books singing songs and and, and in my on bed the toilet and on the <laughs> toilet so I was desperate I had you know I didn't want to get the surgery because of my stubbornness and I I <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna, you
1: can <laughs> call it stubbornness i'm putting it down to intuition yeah <clears throat> that's insane I that you had the conviction therapy. to say no
2: uh, all that time
0: i know oh gosh it, was, it wasn't easy but anyway so they my specialist was amazing and she actually was on a the catalyst show about fecal fecal transplants not health a, um really yeah, the gut, yeah. The health one yeah she was she was great and they're actually since since doing this with me, they've now got a clinical trial at St Vincent's Hospital in Sydney and they're doing it professionally and lots of other hospitals in Australia are rolling out the trials and getting it into their system so that it can be a treatment that is actually available medically rather than at home, DIY. <laughs> 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 So the way it worked is the first transplant, oh, no, well, I had to find a donor because because I wasn't paying, I had to supply my own donor. <laughs> so one of my amazing friends from the mother's group said that she would hit her husband up to be my donor and I'd never met the husband <laughs> but he, were, he had a really strong gut health. She said he'd never had a problem. He goes to the bathroom every day, can eat anything he likes. He, you know, doesn't drink heaps of alcohol, pretty clean living. So we got him tested and the first test came back negative that he he couldn't do it for me. But then the, the nurse said that it may have just been because he might have had the flu so we should get him retested because that can sometimes changed the markers on the pathology test Hmm. so we got him retested and he came back as a perfect match so then we did it and what the first part was um, my hospital had to learn how to do it and they went and had an intensive class with the five doc center of digestive diseases and they inserted it the first one via colonoscopy when I was under. And it all went perfectly and without a hitch. And, of course, now they're doing it as part of the clinical trial. So it was a good practice run for them. Mm. And then when I got home, I had to do it for myself every day for six weeks. And it was pretty amazing. Like if you think about it, everything we learn from all of our research with all gut health problems is that you need to replenish the gut bacteria and so faecal transplants is really like taking a probiotic except it's in its most natural form and there's billions of different strains Mm. and you know it's in such high doses you can't get
2: that in a capsule
0: yeah you can't get that in a capsule and it's going straight to the source so Mm. you know when you take and there's There's different bacteria in different parts of your body
1: too. So the bacteria in your gut is definitely different to what's in your bowel. So it would be like bacteria going to a like place and a like environment.
0: Different nationalities often have different gut bacteria as well. And, you know, it's just really quite fascinating. But So I was trying to do these enemas at home and, you know, I had to make up the mixture all of myself and... (laughs) Yeah, you know. How much mixture really
1: well. did you have to use?
0: Like, um, <laughs> well, yeah. sorry, I'm
1: just interested. You know, like, do you go back to the donor every few days and say, "Have you got a no, supply I, for me?" I, did, have- I, had go,
0: I had to go to the donor every day, and he lived at the top of my street, so that wasn't a problem. Every morning, <laughs> I'd get a text message from my donor, and it would say, "Your chicken is ready." <laughs> And I would go drive up to his house and in the letterbox would be a plastic container with my donation and it would be in one of those chicken bags that you get from, you know, those hot chicken places because I didn't have any paper bags to give him and I didn't want to see it in a clear plastic bag. So I went to my local chicken shop and asked them if they could give me, you know, a whole bunch of bags, which they did. Um, so it's uh, a little joke, say, so, you know, your chicken's ready for pickup and I'd, I'd write back and say, thank you, can't wait for my chicken. Um, and I, I'd take it home and I, the, at the start I mixed it up in the bathroom in a blender and then you have to, you mix it with saline and then you have to strain it into one of those enema bags that you get from the chemist. I couldn't do that. Number one, I was dry reaching and gagging and it was horrendous. And number two, the area which you have to insert the enema into was so sore and sensitive and really closed off because it was so inflamed that I couldn't actually insert anything. It was just way too painful. So Mm. What I did was I went to the chemist and tried to find a different alternative and what I found were these little enema bottles that uh, you have before a colonoscopy which is called a fleet enema and it's a tiny little bottle that you can take the lid off and it has a a tiny little tip on the end of it so it it was a lot less harsh for my body to deal with. And it was, of course, only, I don't know, a tenth of the mixture size. I think it's 100 mils. So it obviously wasn't that much that I could put inside me, but my intestines weren't holding anything in anyway. So, you know, the mixture would go in for 10 seconds and come straight out. So I just thought, well, it doesn't really matter how much I do. It's not really working. So I just did that and eventually I um worked out you know how to hold it in and and over time I I built up to more volume um but even still just having that little bit in there for 10 seconds I still feel like it made a difference and then after I finished the treatment I I just feel like I started to get better Wow So yeah but you know and it, I at this time I was eating solid foods again I was doing all different sorts of therapies. Like I had done lots of tests on my hormones and found that they were all out of whack. So I was trying to fix them. I was supplementing with zinc and vitamin D and I was deficient in everything. I was getting iron infusions and vitamin B injections. and
2: You, know, you wouldn't and, have been uh, absorbing anything.
0: Yeah, well, I hadn't absorbed anything for, you know, a year. Mm. So, yeah, that stage I really was getting so many treatments, you know, and I was still on the medication that the doctor had given me as well. I was just doing everything, and, but I really felt, feel like after the fecal transplants that's sort of when I started to get better yeah um and I don't know if it's just because of those or because of all the other things I did or because of the diet that I did or combination hormones I you know I think it's everything Mm. the holistic
1: it's It's w-h-o-l-e holistic not h-o
0: yeah everything
1: everything that's insane
0: yeah so it was a very long journey and like even now um you know this is what a year ago i started to get better i guess um or maybe a bit more i um even now i still have tummy issues but i guess it's more ibs type symptoms (laughs) rather than crohn's or colitis um it's not as deep yeah it's not as deep and it's not as bad i think i'm a normal person now like i don't i don't have issue like I don't have to stay right next to a toilet all the time <laughs> like <Yay. laughs> my my I can actually walk down the beach now which to be honest for me is such a massive thing because for so long
2: mm. my
0: biggest fear was going to a park or a beach where they didn't have a bathroom within you know 10 meters um yeah.
2: and now things that you take for granted hey
0: oh it's incredible and i just look back at my life in my early 20s and think what i valued and i just shudder and i think oh my god like i had no idea but you know now i i'm living my life like i do little mashies um every day and i play with my daughter and we go to the beach every day and you know i write lots of emails to people who contact me with their stories and they just want to know all the different things I tried and, you know, I try and put some recipes together so that people can feed their kids better food. So, you Mm. know, in case they end up like me, I don't don't want them to. So I'm trying to teach people now how to sort of look after their kids' guts and Mm. gut flora and, you know, hopefully that will just be my little bit. You know, I went through all of this for a reason and... You know, I had the idea for Little Mashies in hospital for a reason and it helped me get through it by being a distraction and I guess now it's helping me to talk about my problems that I had and, mm. you know, what I did to help myself and what everyone can do just to give their children the best start in life. And I think you girls um, doing GAPS, I mean, that, that was on my radar for so long and, you know, when I... I didn't mention this... But when I was on the specific carbohydrate diet, when I was actually cooking at home, I found it really, really hard. Mm. Um, it, when I was travelling and the restaurants were doing all my cooking, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was at home, I, I was basically living off the same combination of food every single day because I wasn't inventive enough mm. to come up with anything new. And I think that's, you know, when Joe told me that she was doing GAP, before she announced it on Facebook or before she sort of told anyone, Mm. I sent her the book that I had on GAPS and I was just so excited because, you know, Joe, you you sort of make it easy for people to be gluten-free and dairy-free and sugar-free. That's really your repertoire Mm. for the last few years and, you know, to be able to use your creativeness for gaps recipes oh my <laughs> god it's just gonna make life so much easier for everyone who needs to try it I hope so. <laughs> so, yeah, it will it will i think so yeah no i'm stoked on that i'm stoked that you're doing it
2: oh thanks <laughs> it's, it's it happened for a reason
0: for us too yeah i think it i think it does happen for a reason and yeah. you know you've you can um, talk about your journey with so many people too so Mm. hopefully they'll hear your message before they let it get to the stage you know their gut health gets to the stage of where mine did which was you know I really had to do extreme measures but Mm. hopefully um, you know the rest of the population can kind of hear these messages and just introduce some bone broths and fermented foods and hopefully avoid this whole thing altogether
2: well that's it I mean a lot of people won't need to go all the way with gaps but just having it I wish I would have had you know 10 years ago 12 20 years ago I wish I would have had an awareness of what affects gut health and how you can have good gut health and you know, before I ever had kids, it would have been good to know that.
0: <laughs> I know. Like imagine if when I was at uni and I first started on that elimination diet, yeah. if someone just said, hey, Talisha, just have like a bone broth once a day yeah," and you'll probably like save yourself a lot of trouble later on. That's imagine right. how good it would be if it was part of the curriculum. Yeah. How, you know what? Like, imagine how good it would be if I had actually have listened because knowing me in my 20s, I probably hmm. wouldn't and That's true. I probably would have thought, oh, I'll be right, I'm unstoppable. No, no, no,
1: you're missing the whole, <laughs> I, I have to interject because I'm back with you at the hospital. If you had listened, you would have followed their directions That's true. and you would have That's gone true. down that path. You wouldn't have listened to your inner wisdom. So whether or not you say yeah. you're, you know, like I'm, I'm pig-headed or I'm stubborn or all those other things, that stubbornness was what you got, you know, you denied that operation because... You were looking for something else. You knew you had a better option coming, but even though you hadn't located it yet. Mm. So, you know, that insight and that inner strength, man, your stubbornness has saved you. (laughs) So don't you ever, you watch your words because don't you ever talk (laughs) down about your stubbornness because (laughs) that is,
2: that is your truth. Because it wasn't really stubbornness. It was inner strength.
1: (laughs) It was inner strength. Rephrase it. That's the thing though. Like when I...
0: When I look back now, I'm like, wow, yeah, I was strong, but at the time, I didn't feel strong. I felt like I was grasping yeah. for air, you know. Yeah. I thought I just, I just wanted to wear a bikini in the sun one more time, and <laughs> I just, you know, I just wasn't even thinking I'm a strong woman. I was thinking I'm desperate. I can't do this. I'm, I have to find another solution.
2: Isn't it funny how you? You intuitively go into survival mode though, um, sometimes, and of course you don't feel strong at the time, and you don't even know if you're doing the right thing, and you're so confused and fuzzy-headed. But that survival mode kind of thing kicks in, and you just intuitively go the right direction. It's
0: yeah, it's so amazing. weird. But and then as well, like I've met people since that have had the surgery, and they're a hundred percent happy. Their yeah. lives are amazing.
2: Yeah, I've you heard know, that too.
0: Yeah, they're, they're totally fine with their decision, and. I, I applaud them, and I think that's amazing too. Like they knew for them that that was the best option. Yeah. But for me, I just never once had that um, thought that it was the best option. Mm. You know, I had moments where I would, you know, almost give in, but yeah. but even then, I didn't think, no, this is the best option for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but you know, it's just interesting because we're all different, and it is. Yeah. I feel like you need to replenish the good bacteria but it just seems for every person it's like a different formula. It's the same mm-hmm. parts of the formula but just jumbled around in a certain way. Like one person might have to go off gluten plus replenish their gut flora. Another person might have to give up chocolate plus mm. replenish gut for, um, flora mm-hmm. whereas another person might have to do gaps to yeah. and then, you know, Or heal themselves with hormones and you know it's just um everyone's different but the same things sort of pop up again and again
2: i think it's like we were saying on our last podcast there about um you know as you take things out of your diet and make it really simple and then start working on what's affecting you, you you really start to learn to listen to your body and um if we're just sort of eating the usual western diet and doing everything the way that most of the world does it generally you get worse not better
1: (laughs) yeah well and and it becomes harder to
2: listen too it becomes much harder to listen
1: yeah it's like all those things if you're not um being intuitive and you're not i don't know looking further and deeper and questioning everything it's it just becomes this great big clouded mess and you don't know whether you've got a headache because you've had too much coffee or whether you've got a headache because of hormones or a headache because you've got a pinched nerve. So you have to go and use all of those therapies to undo. Mm-hmm. And the more you undo, the more clear you are at what part of the body the imbalance is coming from. And it yeah. takes time. Since, and
2: I guess people get overwhelmed and go, oh, forget it. I'm just going to take a Panadol because it's an easy option. But it's so worth taking Well, that's taking the normal the option that's too. the normal option. Yeah. It's so worthwhile taking the time to figure out what's wrong and getting back to the base, basic, you know, Um, foundation or what's the word the the root of the cause Mm -hmm. yeah
0: well it's interesting too because when i started eating solid food um i was eating bread and i didn't notice a difference at Mm -hmm. all i i didn't notice whether i that was making me sick or not because i was sick every day yeah so i couldn't even tell the difference and people would say to me you know uh you should really cut out gluten um you know, it would be causing havoc on your digestive system. And I said, no, I had bread this morning I, and I feel exactly the same today as I did yesterday.
2: Which was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awful. Um,
0: but then it was interesting because after I did all of the random therapies and the faecal transplants and, um, and, you know, got my hormones back in check and my vitamins back to normal, um, I actually started to feel a bit bad when I ate certain foods. And that's what we were talking about last week. Yeah, we were. We were talking
1: about the sensory receptors and how damaged they are. I think I gave an analogy about counting sheep going through a sheep gate.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: like you can count the one or two and the body picks up on, yeah, that's that, that's this, and it catalogues them and deals with them. But as soon as you open that floodgate, you know, like and you've got 50 things going through all at the same time, the body just throws its hands in the air and goes, right, can't do it, game over.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, (laughs) so So I've now, it's interesting because I've kind of done like a big full circle. So I started noticing uh, different symptoms because I was feeling well enough to leave the house. So then when I got a bit of a bellyache or, you know, really bloated or something, I was like, no, this can't be right. (laughs) I'm not not wanting to do this again. Um, So then now I've cut out, you know, all packaged food. Uh, I don't really buy anything in a... In a packet or a bottle or a can, um, and then I've cut out gluten, which oh, made such a difference. Hmm. Um, dairy. I'm still trying to cut out coffee. I I cut it out, and then I went to a... visit
2: me, and I let you have. I, we <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we had oh, I mean, it was
1: so weak. on the topic yeah. of visiting Jo, How did she feed you? Like, how was that? She fed she fed me gaps. what you would normally have. She fed you gaps, obviously. Well, but <laughs> how did you fare with with her and and the change? Because it's right. a different environment.
0: And- yeah, um, it was interesting because it was totally different to my experience when I cooked SCD at home it was the same ingredients pretty much but a totally different experience um when I was hopefully a good one yeah (laughs) when I I did it you know uh, I can't even remember the year I maybe 2010 or eight or one of those Uh, when I did it it was um you know pumpkin or chicken broth Cooked with like whole chicken inside and some pumpkin and some veggies, and that's pretty much what I would eat. And then I'd have yogurt and mashed banana into the yogurt. And then I think another meal I'd have boiled chicken with, I don't know, boiled veggies or something. And that was about it, it was horrendous. Um, <laughs> but then when I went to Joe's, she's you know almost on full gaps now. So we were having a different meal every single meal time, and that's another thing. Like I don't cook three meals a day at home; <laughs> I, I have two, um, and you know Joe's meals are extravagant. But then she was feeding eight people, so we were in the kitchen from you know seven o'clock every day to sort of nine thirty every night. Cooking <laughs> hey, we constantly. had we had some breaks, cooking
1: <laughs> or hanging out. I mean. So. I had a tendency to hang out in Jo's kitchen.
2: She cooked and I hung, <laughs> and we did we did take a lot of photos.
0: Yeah, we took so a lot took of time. photos because I want to chronicle what she actually does eat in a week. Because um, I found it really interesting because they were delicious yummy meals and even her husband sort of you know 90% of the meals he had no idea that they. Were did you that.
1: get to meet Dave yeah <laughs> he's fantastic even I went to stay and I didn't get to meet Dave
2: was <laughs> work when you were there the mysterious date, he was in he Perth.
1: mysteriously yeah. had a holiday he heard I was coming
2: <laughs> <laughs> the mysterious husband
0: um, i think he'll need a holiday after we left <laughs> having having a two-year on the ariella would wake up every morning and go stand next to him while he made his breakfast and be like can i have some, can I have some? <laughs> so then joe and i would get up and make her um and and all the rest of the kids some breakfast but Anyway, back to what we ate, it, it was fantastic. Like, um, you know, there was lots of bone broth. There was a bone broth cooking in the slow cooker or the crock pot every day. And for breakfast, mostly we would always have sort of poached eggs with a bone broth. But, you know, it, one day it would be a chicken broth, the next a lamb, the next a beef or, you know, and then veggies different inside veggies. it as well would be different.
2: Um, that bone broth station was that broth and egg station was pretty good that we did one morning.
0: Yeah, yeah. um So that was really good. And I don't normally have breakfast at home until about ten thirty because that's just the first chance I have. Well, that to, was me
2: today. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I just tend to be busy in the mornings making Ariella's lunch from scratch and dealing with her and getting her ready. Um, I don't get to sit down till sort of ten thirty. So. Actually, for my health, it was really amazing seeing the difference when I do have bone broth first thing in the morning. It was really good. good. Um, But then for lunch and dinner, we would have all different types of food, but basically it was soft food, um, you know, soft meat, soft veggies, and broth was used in the cooking in some way. Um, but we had all sorts of things. We had, like, uh, roast chicken with, you know, the 40 cloves of garlic. We had <laughs> an amazing beef stew. We had zoodle, like, you know, zucchini noodles with a pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. What else did we have? We had... Mizzas. Cotatas. Oh, meatsa is amazing. So one of the things I miss most about being, like, sort of grain-free-ish, I still have quinoa now and then, but... Um, is pizza I love pizza I'm so addicted <laughs> to it and you know I've traveled around Italy and Italy's my favorite country because of <laughs> but when Joe made me this pizza, and it's basically a pizza but with meat used as the base instead of dough <laughs> oh my gosh it was so good I could not believe it it was I actually think it's better than normal pizza all right and cheese on it like that is, oh, it was really good. Yeah, my kids asked for that a lot. Yes, and Ariella loved that as well. Um, yeah. We did. We did lots of experimenting with some treats as well. Um, there's a couple of recipes on Joe's blog from last week. The, yeah. That chocolate mousse we made was oh, that was incredible good. Incredible that raspberry, raspberry chocolate mousse. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Although I'm not good with chocolate, so I felt sick the next day. Yeah, we,
2: we only had a little bit, Leo. We promise. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> yeah, right. I,
2: know no, I was, we did. We had the time. What happened to Joe's
0: stays at Joe's? <laughs> I
1: know. I know. I was given the same but, thing. Uh, <laughs> but I'm,
0: I'm not even on gaps. But just for me, chocolate's never been good for me. Um, yeah. But you know, it was dairy-free and sugar-free and and gluten-free and made with really healthy ingredients. You know, like avocado and. Um, yeah and it lots was, and lots
1: of love so that makes all the difference lots yeah. of love
0: just a little bit of honey but yeah no i got <laughs> sick after that but oh my god it was like i died and gone to heaven it was <laughs> you should have heard like,
2: her. she raved it was so
0: funny <laughs> <laughs> dave came in and i'm like dave you have to try this chocolate juice it's amazing and I, i'm pretty sure he asked he's like you know, is it a normal chocolate mousse? Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah chocolate. he would too. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it doesn't matter. Trust me, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, So, so we ate really well. We, we had lots of ginger tea, which I never have had before and I've never been a fan of ginger, but I really enjoy it now and it's just um, sliced ginger with the skin off, hot water and a bit of honey and that was so refreshing and it was like a little pick-me-up every couple of hours. It was great. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: I've got a a friend that's a nutritionist and um, over winter um, we caught up with her and and she's actually got it in a recipe book as well. But she makes on the stove a turmeric tea, which is an anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. and it's got the ginger and the turmeric. And she boils it up. Like she grates up the, you know, the fresh turmeric, or you can use dried turmeric. And then she uses, you know, fresh or dried ginger. And that goes onto the stove, and she boils it up in coconut cream. Yum. So if other people could have milk, then, you know, that's fine too. But she boils that up, and then she adds pepper to it. And she was oh. saying something like, you know, like pepper these – bo- like. Like black pepper, she was saying that um, I've heard you know this. those two things are so nourishing on the gut. One's anti-inflammatory, whatever. But as soon as you put the black pepper in, it was just you know like it through the roof. It, like it was like three hundred times more strength and anti-inflammatory properties than the original what? two ingredients together. Oh, wow. So I have to I have to double check that, good. but it was just insane. Just by adding that one extra herb, it was just through the roof
0: wow yeah uh, so i had uh, when i was sick i had turmeric on everything Grated yeah. turmeric on everything
2: well, we have it growing yeah. in our garden if you need any let I me didn't know tell me that oh, sorry, oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> heaps of it um, yeah grated turmeric and coconut oil in peppermint tea so oh, I, really, yeah because coconut oil is really really good as yeah. well and um So I read somewhere just to add it into everything and I was drinking a fair bit of tea. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just add it into my tea because that's an easy way to consume quite a bit during the day. Mm. Um, So then I was using coconut oil and actually that's how I switched easily from dairy to being dairy free Mm. because I I love Earl Grey tea with milk and Mm -hmm. a sugar and One of the things when I was doing specific carbohydrate, the hardest thing for me was giving up my Earl Grey tea with milk. Mm. Um, I still think I could have had it without the milk, but to me it wasn't as nice, so I didn't bother. Um, Mm. But because I'd been doing the coconut oil in my peppermint tea, I started doing the coconut oil in my normal tea with milk when I was having dairy, and then eventually I just stopped um adding the milk and instead added coconut cream and i couldn't even taste the difference it tasted exactly the same coconut cream mm-hmm. or coconut oil Co- so so i started with an the oil and the, uh, with the oil and with milk cow's milk and a teaspoon of oil Yep. and i did that for a few weeks and then eventually i changed the cow's milk for okay. coconut cream Yep. okay and that's a good idea because I'd already been doing the coconut oil which tasted basically the same as coconut cream it made you know it made the milk a bit coconutty Mm. then when I got rid of the dairy I couldn't notice the difference oh that's good I was already in tune to it so Mm. that made it a lot easier it's a good tip yeah it it was a winner finding that I wish I knew that I
2: love a good transition story (laughs) yeah so do I we should probably finish up here but I just want to ask you if you want to just tell us what's your goals going forward, Talisha. With you know, what direction do you think you're heading with all the things that you've learnt?
0: Is that um, putting you well, on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, lucky it's the it's the start of the year, so I have been thinking about my goals a bit. Yeah. Um, I would really, lo- I love um, running little mashies, um, and you know, I started it so that I could. Changed the way my daughter ate and you know obviously it was inspired by my little Ziploc bags that I was doing but I think the more I um talk to mums I just really realized that they really need help um learning how to help their kids gut but mm. in a really quick way because everyone's so busy yeah. so I'd really like to um do something this year along those lines, Mm -hmm. just making life a little bit easier for mums um, to help their kids. And then for my personal goals, um, I really want to get back into exercise because for me it's been such a psychological issue. I've been so scared to exercise because um, that in the past brought on, um, you know, I'd need to go to the bathroom. Mm um and i you know i had this fear of going to the beach for so long well you know the last few months i've been going to the beach every day and i've been fine so Mm -hmm. this year i really want to go and do some yoga and pilates and get my core strength up Mm -hmm. and i think that will really help my um stress levels and 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 my gut as well And then I just want to continue um, eating well. And I think I I do, you know, I do my bone broths every few days and Mm -hmm. um, I'm gluten and dairy free, so that takes a lot of the things. Yeah, I mean, they irritate my gut, so Mm. it's good that I've got rid of that. Um, I'd like to work out what other things are irritants for me, but... um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah sure just don't say oh, that i sorry sorry i, I know I, I don't have it too often, so that's okay um yeah. yeah no i would like to find out what else is um an irritant for me and then also get my hormones retested again because i think i feel like they might be a bit out of whack again yeah so yeah so a few things
2: and so with helping mums um are you thinking of doing a recipe book or anything
0: Yeah, I'm going to do a recipe book for, um, like, play lunches and daycare snacks. Oh, that's Um, a good idea. I think, you know, everyone can give their kids carbohydrates and fruit quite easily. Like, I never hear from mums, oh, I have a problem getting my child to eat carbs. No. I I don't think (laughs) I've ever received an email that says that. Um, But I do find that parents find it quite difficult to get protein and veggies Mm. into their kids. Um, and, you know, Little Mashies are great because you can make green smoothies and add in veggies there. Mm. Um, but then protein, I mean, for the babies you can you can make meat and veg purees, but primary school kids don't really want to be taking minced lamb in a Little Mashie discourse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I think I just want to help them by making a little recipe book where it's really quick recipes Mm. um that they can do you know while they're juggling a child on their hip or running around doing all the other chores that one needs to do and that will actually have meals in it that will benefit their kids gut not um deplete the good bacteria so yeah i really want to help with that
2: that's a great great goal to have beautiful yeah. No,
1: I can't wait to hear it. I'm going to have to have you back at the end of the year Yeah, <laughs> to see because I've written all those things down. We're going to check off oh,
0: this good. list and see what you've done. I'm holding <laughs> oh, you accountable.
2: She, she's off. such a health coach, isn't she?
0: Now the <laughs> now, good on I, you. Okay, in that case I have to say one more thing that I really Okay, do it, do okay. it, do it. Because I've been thinking about this. Should I announce it on my page so that I'm accountable? And I haven't you wanted to. Yeah,
1: just tell Joe and I. We, we won't yeah, tell anyone. Yeah, we won't tell anybody. Don't, don't tell anyone. Okay. okay. I
0: really want to have a good butt. <laughs> a good butt. Yeah, good butt. You know how you see on all those girls that exercise; they have like a you no. Know, Don't we all want one of those? <laughs> I really want a good butt, but it means okay. I have to do squats and and lunges and oh, that is a bit. Scary oh, those to you, things isn't it? scare me. So, yeah. if you're giving me a year, maybe we can check back this time next year and see if. It's a little bit better than what it looks like
1: Well, you know, beauty starts on the inside and you have done so much work in nourishing your butt this time. I can't wait for you to post photos on Instagram of your butt. Oh, great. (laughs) I'm going to be so excited.
0: Do you know what? I think if I did that, I think I would get quite a few unfollows. (laughs) No way. No unfollow. She's
2: gonna be one of those Instagrammers. No. <laughs> <laughs> An oversharer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Aww, no way.
2: Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Good it on you. It doesn't Talisha. matter if anyone else isn't. I am. Good on you, Talisha. That's that's something that's yeah, I know it is scary for you. That's a big deal. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Talisha. We've we've really enjoyed hearing your story and I bet everyone else has too. And wow, wow, wow. What a story, hey. Uh-huh.
1: I just
2: I just think um there's so much inspiration there. So um, I hope you all found it helpful. And um, if you've got questions for Talisha, you can go on to her Facebook page, which is Reusable Squeezy Pouches Little Mashies. Is that what it says? Talisha? Is she still there? Hello? Hello. I'm here. <laughs> oh, you're here. That's the main thing. No. Oh, we've lost her. We've lost her. Well, at least we didn't lose her, we'll... lose her till the end. No, we'll put a link up, though. We will. She said her computer's just died. Okay. Um, but we'll we'll definitely put a link up to Talisha's page and mm-hmm. you can go onto her page and contact her if you've got any questions about all the things that she was talking about. She's very quick to respond. She's great. And um, obviously you can ask us on our pages to send us a message or comment on our blogs or on the Wellness Couch. So um, we'll post some links for you as well and you can check them out there on thewellnesscouch.com backslash a quirky Journey. And we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available. So keep working on those small changes and we'll be back to share more journeys with you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Bye.
0: Hello, Marcus Pierce here, CEO of The Wellness Couch and co host of 100 Not Out and Inside the Champion's Mind. If you are champing at the bit to take your 2015 to the next level, then I invite you to this special one night only event on Thursday, February 5. The Exceptional You Unleash Your Greatness is a boutique two hour workshop on designing your very own unique exceptional life blueprint. How have the most magnificent people ever to live conducted their lives? What wisdom have they passed on? What do they eat? How do they move? How do they think? And how can you be one of them? I share all of this at this special one-night-only event. Tickets are just $47 and a special two-for-one offer may still be available. For details, simply go to exceptionallifeblueprint.com.au or check out 100 Not Out on Facebook.